Native American proverb goes, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Keep this in mind as we discuss today the Glasgow Environment Summit and its insignificance given how much hype goes into those summits. My name is Dr. David Wallalu. And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart. And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. As we always start, we'd like to thank you for viewing, and we'd like to thank you for subscribing. And if you've not subscribed yet, help us reach our 70, 70 million, million subscribers. Indeed, Ross. So we truly, we truly call on you to subscribe if you have not done so already. Uh, and also, we want to highlight uh, just quickly here before we jump into the topic about our membership in on the, in the geopoliticsinconflict.com. Now. In we, that membership, we have some very exciting members-only presentations that we're doing. One of them is a deep dive into Vladimir Putin's relationship with China. A lot that you don't know is going on. Exactly. The other one will be, which we're going to be doing this weekend, about the hypersonic and what does it mean for the global security. Uh, what's interesting about that is we're going uh, we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about the role of the UFOs into the shutting down of the nuclear facilities in the United States. And the other one has to do with the inevitable death of the U.S. dollar. You know, it, it's, it's en route right now. Exactly. And from what we can tell, it's not stoppable. But we'd like to give you deep information about what's yeah. really happening yeah. there. As a matter of fact, Ross, just to highlight this to our viewers, we're going to have a guest who knows a great deal about the financial markets. He's coming over on the show tomorrow. So we are excited about it. So to you, we want to say, if you have not checked our membership yet, please do so. Check it out. And we look forward to having you as our next member. And to all of you, we say thank you for your continued support. All right, let's get Big on our topic. Big conference, UN, climate change in Glasgow, ongoing right now. Yeah, with 400 planes flying in into <laughs> Glasgow, right? We're talking about the environment here, right? We're talking about, this, and I find this hard to believe, 30,000 delegates. Wow. Yeah. 120 world leaders and supposedly 100,000 protesters or demonstrators. Yeah. All into Glasgow. Exactly. Glasgow is, is surprisingly, Glasgow is a fairly big city. Yeah. It's uh, almost 1.7 million. Mm hmm and we understand there might be a, a real climate crisis going on there with so much hot air being generated exactly at the right. conference. <laughs> well, there will be a lot of activities there. So, I mean, it's not, yes, we laugh sometimes. It's not a laughing matter because uh, here is one of the arguments, you know, rather than doing this, why didn't they conduct the gathering or the meeting online, you know, via Skype? You know, where is this right. technology? You know, why do you have to have 400 planes getting over there? Why do you have to have at least for us in the United States, you know, with 85 cars for the, 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 the convoy of the president? Why, why is all that for? If we are to talk about the environment, that's at least will be one of the first steps you start with. 
Mm. Well, this must not be about the environment. There must be some other agenda going on. Exactly. But today, Ross, just for our viewers to know, what we're going to do is we want to break it down as to uh, why this kind of gatherings are insignificant. And we're going to provide some examples. We're going to highlight a few countries when it comes down, for example, to the coal production. Right. And why what the leaders of those countries uh, 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 might say will be different than what they might do. <laughs> Two Nece different things. Ne absolutely, necessarily. Exactly, because their economy depends They're on certain aspects. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we delve into this, Ross, how about if we share with our viewers who did not attend the meeting? <laughs> so while you get Brazil, President Xi did not come, yeah, yeah. China, China is didn't. not there, Russia. He, but he did send a letter. But here is the thing. I just found out that the delegate, the, uh, the uh, people in charge, whatever, they did not present his letter. <laughs> yeah, which I found very shocking. So he didn't want to attend to that, but he sent his statements, whatever, but they ignored it. So that tells you right there where I've already suspected that the blame is going to be shifted on China. As a oh, matter, matter of fact, just for you to know, the U.S. National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, already blamed China for the, what's going on with the environment. <laughs> they've they've well, already... Well, how, how did Vladimir Putin escape from this, yeah. this condemnation? Because yeah. he's not at the conference either. No, Brazil didn't attend. The Pope didn't attend. Turkey didn't attend. And I think Mexico didn't attend. They didn't. But then you got South Africa didn't attend. And uh, uh, in, in the case of uh, 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 President of Turkey, Rajab Tayyip Erdogan, because he, his argument was, you guys not providing adequate security for me to go there. And, you know, we can argue for or against, but it's his safety that he was concerned about that. Hey, if you're not going to provide security, why should I can't attend? And from what we can tell with what's going on in the world, he might be in some real danger. That's correct. That is correct. So I can see why uh, his security team saying, no, if, if Britain cannot or is incapable of providing security, we're not going to attend. But this is beyond that. It goes beyond uh, just, uh, uh, as we said earlier, the idea of understanding, for example, in the case of India, in yeah. the case of Australia, in the case of China, in the case of uh, South Africa, whatever countries you, we might want to talk about, uh, the, the, the coal production, because that's constitute one of the key cornerstone of what this debate is all about. So, Maybe I could give people some statistics here. Certainly. When we were, when we were preparing for this, doing a deep dive into mm -hmm. the information, mm -hmm. I, I came up with some interesting statistics. China produces almost 4 billion cubic tons yeah. of coal. I didn't even know there was that much on the whole planet. Yeah, it is, yeah. And their, their coal production is up almost 4.5% from last year. Yeah. India, 756 million ton, metric tons of coal, down less than half a percent. Oh. But it's down slightly. Yeah. yeah. The U.S., actually... 640 million tons, yeah. down 7%. Yeah. Well, speaking of the U.S., before you, you continue on Davos, if I may. And by the way, we will provide you with the link at the bottom of the description where we get these stats from. The U.S. production of coal has increased between 20 and 21 by about 12%. And between 
21 and 22, they are expecting an increase by 5%. Oh, that's huge. So it tells you right there, despite what we hear about the coal uh, production cutting down from, because the U.S. will say to other countries, you need to cut this, you need to cut that. Well, how come we are not doing it ourselves? You can't be telling others what to do if you are not doing it. You can be a model for others if you are not doing the work yourself. That's just like common sense. How can you be telling other countries what to do and you're not doing it? Unless your main theme is hypocrisy. Oh! Whoa. Well, okay. isn't what this gatherings is all about? <laughs> you know, you think about it logically. Can you imagine, Ross, the amount of money that is wasted on this get-together? Well, what we see is the, the Paris Accords are a shocking failure, practically in every category. Yeah. And now we have this, this similar group of people coming together in Glasgow, and can we expect anything different? We'll little, in a few minutes, we're going to look at why this is happening. Exactly. And, and, and how tough it is. You're right. And this is why, as a matter of fact, it was a conversation now that when, uh, what's his name, the prime minister, the head of the government in Australia, uh, Morrison, uh, Morrison uh, yes. uh, wanted to address some world leaders, there. they kind of looked down to the ground. <laughs> they didn't even want to, because their argument, probably they were realizing, oh, is he going to lie to us? <laughs> That's, uh, and why am I saying this? Because I want to highlight one key point. I listened to his speech about how Australia is going to be committed to cutting emissions by 2060. Well, I mean, let's face it. I got some stats here also, Ross, about Australia. How much they produce, how much electricity they produce from, from coal. That was back a couple of years ago, about, about four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. They produce over 60%. Australia is considered one of the top in, in, in coal production. So for Morrison to be saying to the Aussies, Hey, we're going to cut down emission. That's nonsense. Where are they going to get the energy? Yeah, it's nonsense. You know, given how much Australia and, and they did export, given how much Australia, uh, uh, the huge amount that the, of coal they export to the, to the whole Asia and some other markets. The same arguments can be made for India. Do you think India is going to cut down any, any production of coal? Well, if they do, there's a very significant consequence. People are going to go hungry. Industries yeah. are going to shut down. Power is going to be dramatically reduced. They don't have much of an alternative at this particular moment. No. They've got to rely on the coal, and they're producing a whole slug of it. Yeah. I mean, really a lot. Well, even, even in, in, in one of the research that I conducted, Russ, I found that, that a country like Botswana, Back in 2015 or 2016, they produced about 90% electricity from coal. That tells you right there. So what, it, what basically is going to end up being is the game of the big boys telling the small little ones, hey, don't, don't uh, sort of pollute the environment because we don't want you. But yeah. we can do it because we are the big boys on the, on the block. It doesn't stop. I, I ran into some information I really wanted to share with our viewers sure. about China. Mm -hmm. The share of coal in the energy mix declined drastically during the last decade, falling from 80% in 2010 mm -hmm. to 58% in 2019, with green technologies making up the rest. Oh, well, this is why uh, China is considering other alternatives, and one of them is the nuclear 
because it's cleaner. Oh yeah. Yes, there is a risk with it, but it's far cleaner. And and China seems to be making some progress on that on that front. Uh, I personally am still looking into that to understand it. That's yeah. not my area. So and if something I don't know, I tend to say I don't know because I don't. Uh, and I'm trying to find out more about how they went about it, and we're going to do a video on that. You know, I've been following this pretty closely for 40 years now. Wow. And one of the, one of the things that is, is not being put out for people is, what is the impact of coal as opposed to nuclear energy? Mm -hmm. Coal has a small fraction of radioactive material in it. And the more you burn it, that radioactive material is spread out over the environment. Wow. And so the dangers of coal are at least as significant as a nuclear reactor. Wow. I mean, how come that's not in the news? I know, we don't hear much about it. So when you consider <coughs> what you just said, uh, Ross, when you take that into consideration as far as India, oh, yeah. as far as Australia, you know, China to a degree, uh, because at least maybe this is why China is moving into that direction of uh, using nuclear power instead. France has moved into that direction because they realized it's much better. Well, France is really a world leader in terms of nuclear energy. Yeah. yeah. But this environment issue is not limited only to coal. Because we're looking at it right here at home when it comes down, for example, to agriculture. Oh, yeah. We all noticed the changes that's going on with the, you know, I mean, I haven't, you know, if, if you think about it the last 30 years or so, you know, did I ever seen a big strawberry that is this big? <laughs> it's not supposed to be. I mean, now you look at even the, the chickens that look so... They're big, big plump. It's not supposed to be. Well, in the case of the, the agricultural aspects of it, you look at for the cows, for example, oh. they're being fed corn. Well, cows are not supposed to eat corn. One of the things they get is high fructose corn syrup and, and fiber that their systems are not designed for. And one of the net effects of that is a shockingly high level of methane, an environmental destroyer comes is a byproduct of feeding the cattle corn cobs. So is that why we're hearing now the methane, the word coming out of the mouth of the world leaders, a reduction of methane? That's what Oh, is this has to do, Russ, with the uh, meatless uh, ground beef or something <laughs> like that that Bill Gates has been pushing? <laughs> I can't even go there. I know, I know. You know, just as an, an aside, my father grew up on a farm, mm -hmm. and we... Had, had some land and we farmed it. We grew our own strawberries. They used to taste really good, but they were small. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to go back to our conversation regarding the, this environment stuff. I mean, what I found very hypocritical is that you get a gathering like this, okay? And you got the big player dictating to the small countries why well, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. And we go and do it. Well, who gives us the right to dictate to other countries how to do it? Yes, the environment is for all of us, but at the same time, everybody should be responsible. You don't just pinpoint at, uh, at, at one particular country. And what I found very uh, sort of unproductive, uh, especially in the statements of the U.S. National Security Advisor, by already shifting the blame to China. You know, does China use coal? Yes, they do. It's a big country. What yeah. do you expect? But at the same time, you don't shift the blame on one country. 
And we're not defending China here. We're just saying what's pragmatic, what's realistic. You know, how come you didn't hear about that when it comes down to India? How come you didn't hear that about that That's, when it comes isn't down Isn't that a good question? Yeah. How come you didn't hear that about Australia? So, so the U.S., and this is where it becomes that double standards. We can't be saying one thing and doing another. What you say versus what you do. And this is where the credibility of the United States has already reached the, the bottom, <laughs> per se. Can we, when you take a look at the economic impact of mm -hmm. reduction of the use of coal, uh -huh. can we ask any country to stop using it? Uh, I don't. I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening yeah, either. I don't see it. No matter what you hear on this final communique or statements, coming I mean, joint statements by the members or whatever, no matter what you hear, the best example is the Paris Accord. Yes. You know, no matter what you hear, you know, you look at, you know, and here is what I'm going to bring some back history uh, in, 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 into the conversation here. You know, how come the world, the West, that is, didn't react when Japan dumped polluted water into the ocean. Those are nuclear waste. And that was a, a horrific event. Yeah. And, and did, did we hear much about it? We didn't. So why not? Yeah. And that becomes the question. You can have one standard for one country and another standard for another. Uh, even this UN uh, gathering in Glasgow, whatever, you know, I, I just found out this morning it was another statement that was released by the UN regarding the Tigray. This is a separate conversation altogether, but just to highlight to you. Tigray is in the fight that's going on in Ethiopia right now. And this saying, the UN saying, oh, they are committing war crimes. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> How come you, the UN, didn't say that about Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, the war crimes they committed in Yemen against the defenseless Yemenis? So how come you have one standard for one country and another standard for another? You know, it just doesn't make sense. And you realize, where is the credibility of the UN in all this? None. It's Zero. lost. Yeah, yeah. UN is toothless anyway. We all know this reality, regardless what you hear. And this is why this Glasgow summit, yeah, it sounds great. The, 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 the advertisement for it is great. 400 planes flying to Glasgow. Britain thinking, oh my God. But does it have any substance? Here's the killer of this. Yeah. It should have some substance. The reason is environmental change, no matter what the cause, is a really serious event. And when we take a look at the ocean temperatures going up 1.5 uh, degrees, mm -hmm. there, are, there are land masses, there are islands that disappear because of the rising levels. If it goes up 3 degrees, mm -hmm. the prediction is that life on the planet is extinguished. Wow. So, yeah, is this a serious issue? Yeah. Yeah. But how these, and then have these people going and presenting just hot air? knowing full well exactly. that, that the economic impact would tragically harm their economies. Yeah. Well, this is why that, uh, the comments that came after uh, uh, Morrison of Australia stated that he's going to cut down uh, uh, emission to zero by 2060. Uh, even scientists within Australia themselves, they came forward as like, what are you talking about? What are you lying to us for? You know, 
what sounds great, you know, Australia is going to cut emission. And we're not picking on Australia here. That's just an example. Uh, Narendra Modi is no different. His speech at the gathering here was like that India is going to do this and do that. Scientists inside India saying, uh, this is not real. They can't achieve that. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. This is why they push the deadline from uh, 2060 to 2070. <laughs> Actually, from 2050 to 2070. So it tells you right there. As you suggest, as you said, uh, and, and you're rightly so, uh, Ross, the idea that those leaders will have to think in terms of the economy. In the case of India, for example, in the case of Australia, cutting down the coal production, that means cutting down jobs, impacting the economy. Where are they going to get the equivalent of seven, 756 billion, or million, no, 76 million mm -hmm. tons, metric tons of coal? Where are they going to get the equivalency yeah, for that? Yeah. Well, in the case of China, because they used to import a lot from Australia, they turned it into Indonesia. No. Now, the coal in Indonesia, based on what I read, it, it, it's dirty. It's not, it's not a good quality, per yeah. se. I don't know. I am not a chemist. I don't understand that kind of stuff. But all I understand is that now uh, China is in, in importing more from Indonesia, which is more business for Indonesia to and, have its, and, its and, economy. And a lot less business for Australia. Australia yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, as we all remember with our guest that we had, uh, uh, Hussein Askari, oh, yeah. and he talked to us about the corruption that's going on in Indonesia. So something like this, exporting coal to China, can at least revamp their economy and move that country forward, whatever it needs to be. So, Would you say that there's a general statement that we can share with our viewers that talks about the significance of this Glasgow conference? I don't know. I really don't know, because I've been following this kind of events, not only on this aspect, but on the different ones. You talk about the, the, the armaments, for example. You talk oh, yeah. about uh, whatever that is. And sometimes uh, when I read the final statement or the final communique, and you say to yourself, well, I hope they can live up to, to the standards. And, and the last example that I could think of is the Paris Accord, 2015. And here it is. They're talking, you know, by 2020, we need to do, do A, B, C, and D. Nothing has been done. Now they're talking about by 2030, we're going to do A, B, and C. I don't see that happening. 2030 is only eight years away. Yeah, yeah. And are we seeing any dramatic nah. technology that's going to come along and save the day? It's, it's a lip service. And, and this is why I do see the wisdom of the Native Americans, as we disclosed in the, in the, in the quotes. Oh, yeah. You know, we borrow the land from our children, not from our ancestors. So that's, that's usually what I see. So the bottom line, at least for me, Ross, all this hypes about uh, the Glasgow stuff, it's nothing but a, but a smoke screen. Because, you know, when you got some key uh, leaders didn't attend, that tells you about the failure of that summit. Especially who those leaders are. Yes, yeah. Honest, we're doing our best. Yeah. We're really going to make a difference. Sure you are. Yeah, but also, Russ, it tells you right there also how the world is shifting. You know, when you get key players like Russia, China, Brazil, uh, they are not attending Turkey and all that stuff, that tells you just where the, wor the world is headed. And this is why we always focus on the idea of the geopolitical shift. 
because geopolitical shift is not tied only to politics. Right. It ties to economics, it ties to the environment, it ties to space, it ties to whatever. You know, you know speaking of space, you know, I just find out that China has kicked the U.S. out from the, their International Space Station. We will talk about that <laughs> on a special session for that one. So, so that's, that's the bottom line. The bottom line okay. to me is personally is, does this summit amount to something? And the answer to me is no. And for me as well. Well, we'd like to thank you for viewing. We can't encourage you enough to subscribe and to become a member. Indeed, indeed, because our membership is very, very important. This is where we can talk openly and you all know why. So, and as always, stay informed. Till next time. Bye-bye.